0: For someone you know has a child with autism in their family, answers and support can be hard to come by. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We will offer practical information for parents of children of all ages, as well as explore treatment topics and recent research related to autism. Now, here is this week's host...
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Um, as many of you already know, I'm the Vice President of Business Development for Autism Spectrum Therapies, an agency that provides behavior intervention to individuals with developmental disabilities across the country, um, as well as a board-certified behavior analyst myself with over 10 years' experience providing ABA services. Uh, really excited about this week's show Uh we have a great guest, a great topic, um, and I think we are really going to cover some territory that a lot of you guys have been asking for and uh, things we've addressed in the past, but I know there's a lot more dialogue needed to have. Um, but before we get into the show, I've, uh, I have I want to talk a little bit about this, this amazing experience uh, that I had just the other day. Um, as I talk about it on a lot of these shows, I get to meet parents all over the country who share their story with me and i, I got to meet this amazing mom um, this woman I met she she's a four year old son on the spectrum, and she 's going through she 's gone through early intervention and she was sharing with me her story and the progress that her child made and sharing with uh, a bunch of us actually what it was like to go through ABA and to see the impact, to see the changes, to see their the goals that they set up. But she shared with me something that I had to write down. This quote was so powerful for me. She said, when she first started ABA, her thought was, if behavioral services can help my child, I must have done something wrong. And in 10 years, I've, I, I've never heard that before. Um, It it was put in a way that maybe I have heard but I just didn't comprehend that because they're doing something behavioral, it means that she did something wrong. She failed in some way. But then her answer to this, how she educated us, how she kind of corrected this was even more powerful. She said after a year of ABA, she's come to realize that ABA is a science. It's it's behavioral science and it's something she had to learn. She didn't wake up and naturally understand physics. It wasn't chemistry where it's, you know, okay, you're born and you know the elements and you know the different periodic table. It's something you learn and so too was ABA. It's a science in and of itself. And when she put it in those terms, she was able to then relate to the program and relate to the team in a whole new way and say, I'm not failing. I didn't do this. I had to learn this. My child needed to learn this. And she became really open to the team and learning from them and and almost learning from nothing without any preconceived notions about what she should have been doing, um, what she was doing right, what she was doing wrong, but really got to learn this is the program and this is how it's going to help my son. And as I said, in 10 years, I don't think I've ever heard A parent explained it to me in that way and it was just – it was really moving. It was really emotional and the thing that she said after was that her team, her ABA team were the only people who she could talk to about her child as long as she could in the way that she needed to and that just told me just how close this team came and she talked a lot about how they're professionals, they're, they're people she needs to respect, and, and that I as a BCBA and the BCBAs who were, we were all meeting together with her needed to keep in mind is, yes, we're professional, and yes, we recognize that there needs to be that balance of friend versus educator or professional or, or colleague, but that there was still this intimate relationship because of what this process brought them is from learning from being in the home. There was a connection there that we shouldn't ignore. And I just, it was, it was just this amazing conversation, this amazing woman who, you know, maybe it was, it was a, another New Yorker talking to me very bluntly, very directly. Uh, she, we talked lots about bagels and pizza along the way too, but something just resonated and it really just gave me a, know, kind of lit that fire even more so to keep doing this, to keep doing this show, to keep doing the blogs, to keep providing services and helping families. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to help anyone out there. I don't know if there's another professional who, who kind of, this will resonate. I'm sure it will uh, resonate in that same way. Uh, but I just wanted to share this, this amazing mom's experience and, and this, these great, great quotes from her before we kicked off today's show. Um, so today 's show uh, we 're going back to to the topic that I think has probably been one of the most requested and and we 're focusing in on adulthood we 're focusing in on that that really important phase that we seem to be talking about as a field more and more, but only really recently um, I know we 've talked in the show whether it be through some Q and a um, having some guests who really focus and specialize on this and really trying to talk more about what is out there, because I think there's a, a general sense that there isn't enough out there, and that there needs to be more. And I think other families find themselves in this question of, okay, I found something, but what should I expect from it? Or, or what should we be working on? Or when should I start working on it? So I hope that we get to tackle some more of those questions today, I give you guys some of the more answers, but have this be a continuing part of our dialogue, uh, not just the answer to a few questions, but a, a greater conversation. So today's guest is Steve Miller. And Steve has been working on behalf of people with developmental disabilities since 1977. He led some of California's earliest initiatives in supported living and helped develop employment support programs providing that people with intellectual disabilities could succeed in community employment. This work led to the adoption of the term supported employment and to the creation of publicly funded services that we know as job coaching. In the 1980s, Steve served as the executive director of Area Board 9, the state and federally funded advocacy organization responsible for planning and coordination of all publicly funded services that touch the lives of people with developmental disabilities of all ages. Since 1990, Steve has led Tierra del Sol, an organization widely recognized for its innovative approaches to helping people lead full and meaningful lives. People served by Tierra del Sol are attending colleges, working fulfilling jobs, serving as interns, expressing themselves creatively, and living good lives. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So, you know, the first, the first question I had for you was really just more about you and, and how you got into working with individuals with uh, developmental disabilities, and particularly adults.
2: Well, purely by accident. But, Rob, would you mind if I resonate to your story since you um, uh, led off with that one and, oh, and hope that it could resonate with other people? And it, oh,
1: absolutely.
2: It, uh, it certainly did with me because um, that... Uh, I think the more that um, families understand that um, parents raise kids, and they should really see um, uh, ABA and all forms of um, professional supports as their tools in their tool belt, um, the more they understand how we can help in a variety of ways, the more uh, freedom and power they can have to try to raise the children um, that they want to have and grow into uh, adults the way that they would essentially want all of their children, regardless of uh, whether they have a disability or not, um, to grow. So the fact that um, someone feels now that they understand how ABA or any kind of uh, support uh, service can help them rather than feeling uh, inadequate because they don't understand a technology or um, or something is wrong... Um, it's great that people feel empowered and they can pick ABA or they can pick whatever kinds of services and supports will help them raise their children to be um, strong, powerful adults. And uh, so I appreciated you sharing that story a great deal.
1: You know, and I, and I have to apologize to you because as you were just saying this, I, I totally forgot. I heard you speak about this, a similar subject to the Jewish Federation a few weeks back, talking about community and parents and in the role of everyone so i i i can't believe i didn't even tee up right away talking to you about just this story and and i uh, i know this is a big part of uh of your experience as well
2: well to your your question about how i got involved in the field um it was quite quite by accident i was working on my master's degree at uc santa barbara a long long time ago and um, building a, a sailboat in my backyard at the same time and i needed a part-time job and One of the very first uh, independent living programs in California had um, just recently formed in Santa Barbara, working Uh uh, with young adults, many of whom uh, were on the spectrum. Others had other forms of intellectual disabilities, um, helping them learn how to live in in apartments with with structure and support, and then during the day uh, learning community access skills and vocational training skills. Um, Again, this is back in... Um, just about 1977, 1978, long time ago. Um, but uh, I would say from day one, um, there was just something about the enthusiasm and zest for life and uh, willingness to try new things, believe it or not, um, that, these, uh, that these young people expressed. They laughed at my jokes, I laughed at their jokes, and um, it took my uh, professional career in a whole other direction. And honestly, I've never looked back.
1: I I think it's really cool. I I feel like I've had this conversation with a lot of people who come to work for us at AST, um, and a a lot of them come into the field initially looking to work with the younger children, and we talk a lot about early intervention. So I always find it interesting um, when people go the opposite route and start at an early age working with adults, um, because I have the same experience as you. I kind of got into it by accident. It was a coincidence looking for an opportunity or or a job as I was doing these other things. And same thing, it became this lifelong calling of never forget about adults, never forget particularly about teens. That's kind of, I think, where I've personally evolved. But it's just interesting to hear how people go um, and and focus in some of these other areas that aren't always uh, the first thought of when we think about ABA or speech or OT or or whatever type of therapeutic services, Um, at least the kids on the spectrum. Right. Um, I, I really want to jump in and, and talk to you more about transition services and, and what you're doing at Tierra de Sol but I want to also give you uh, an appropriate amount of time to, uh, to answer my next question so I'm going to ask you to hold off everyone out there I hope you can take a break with us we're going to have a couple commercials go and then we're going to come back and talk to Steve a little bit more about uh, the transition process and some of his amazing experiences we'll be right back <music>
0: Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's more info at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Rob Haupt, your host, and I'm joined by Steve Miller, the uh, director of Tierra del Sol. Uh, Steve figured a, a good next place to go is maybe tell everyone a little bit about what Tierra del Sol does because I know you do so much work there with adults and in the transition process.
2: Right. Well, Tierra del Sol is a community-based organization that was founded um in 1970, finally incorporated in early 1971 by eight parents uh of teenagers and uh what they were looking for honestly was any kind of uh a life for their children some of them uh, had followed the advice of professionals in the field and allowed their children to be um, institutionalized in state developmental centers. Others uh, had refused that uh, advice and their children were um, being, we'll call it homeschooled, but what it really means is um, free and appropriate public education was not available to their children at that time. And so in many cases, these, uh, these teenagers were um, still essentially uh, appendages of of mom uh, in the home. And uh, these, uh, these families decided that there had to be a better life, and if no one else was um, going to create it for them, that they were going to um, band together and form a small organization uh, to create opportunities for their children. Um, and that's the story that's told all over California, probably all over the country, where it really always was parents. That knew what was necessary and and summoned up the the energy, the creativity, uh, and the strength uh, to create opportunities. Uh, so my organization was founded by eight families, in 1971, uh, and subsequently it's grown over the years uh, and to the point where we now serve 600 plus people. And I think it's a credit to those parents and many of the families that have joined us since that the history of uh, growth of opportunities and social uh, justice um, that we've seen in our field to where institutions are are so close to being non-existent anymore and um, people are working and people are going to college and people are creating careers as uh, practicing fine artists and uh, to the degree that we've been successful in creating true community opportunities and community lives for people. That history has tracked uh, the development of of our organization, and our organization has played some small role in, in, in creating that uh, that future. Um, most recently, I'd say over the last five or six years, uh, we've seen, as everyone has been talking about, an, um, an upsurge in the number of young people coming to us, typically at age 20 or 21, um, who are on the autism spectrum um, and have uh, a level of... of uh, intellectual potential, uh, abilities, and we hate to use that term because I know everyone has abilities, and that's, that's the point yeah. of all the work that we do, but we have seen an increase in the number of young people who, if we can meet them where they are and we can be really creative, have the potential to move on into careers and the transition from thinking of people having jobs to, people, to thinking of people having careers is one where we that that says basically, um, let's have somebody dream and think big about life. And that expression that we all have heard from some person at one time or another, find what you love to do in life, follow your passion, and you'll never work a day in your life. And I would say over the last five years, we've seen more and more young people who have uh, a passion and have uh, an ambition to live big and good lives, and so we've been about really trying to understand how to how to best support them to achieve to achieve those lives and it's taken you, a, go ahead sorry
1: no and you you just said something that really resonated with me and actually it's it's something we've talked about on the show is, is passion and i i just was curious is that a big part of what the program is about is it are you guys looking for those the passion of that individual who comes to tierra del sol and say how can we foster this into the workplace or have this be something that's the foundation of, of a job down the road? I mean, how, how big of a role is that passion for
2: you guys? That's the only role. I mean, it, if you think about the, the paradigm shift from the mm-hmm. old days where um, yeah, even in behavioral services, certainly educational services sure. and adult services, um, we use terms like behavior modification. Uh, yep. We used terms, uh, we used uh, language that I won't even repeat now. But the notion was really that um, people with intellectual disabilities uh, were essentially um, uh, un, uh, unmotivated or uh, didn't have any sense of self direction. Um, and so it was up to us to push them into some, some shape. Um, that couldn't be further from the truth. And we've learned, especially from people who express themselves behaviorally, that each and every human being is passionate about something, needs something, wants something, drives for something. And I would say, what uh, again, what we've learned, and it isn't um, rocket science. I've learned it from being a parent and mm-hmm. learned it from um, uh, just being alive for a long time is that we're all the same, and, and to the extent that our lives are shaped by uh, what we love to do and, and, um, and, ha- and, have, and has joy and brings joy, um, that's the extent to which our life is on the right track, and the extent to which we're in a job or in some kind of a routine or environment that doesn't challenge us, in fact doesn't work for our, uh, the way we're wired, we're miserable. Mm -hmm. And to think that people with intellectual disabilities and autism are any different uh, is is absurd. So really what we've tried to do over the last, uh, we've tried to do it forever, but I do want to say that there's been something about this upsurge in young people with autism who have the energy and the drive internally to make something of their lives and need help um, has really caused us to look at how do we help them find their passion And then how do we help them become stronger and more capable of overcoming what the specific challenges of their disability are so they get stronger, more capable? How do we prospect in the larger community for those opportunities that fit their passion, educate the community, be the matchmaker to put people together, causes that need um, need services, um, and people that want to provide that, that kind of uh, energy, um, and then support magic. And um, the reason that uh, however many years I've been in this field, and I'm probably more excited than I've ever been, is because we're seeing magic, Rob. I mean, we now serve over, uh, oh gosh, about 110 people that came through special education We're succeeding in community college We're succeeding in professional internships and moving not into jobs and fast food, unless of course that happens to be their passion, but mm-hmm. into career paths where they're doing what they love to do. And we're coaching, we're not training people, we're supporting people. So right. uh, it's, it's it's a wonderful journey we're on right now.
1: I mean it's and it I agree with you, it's it's an incredible journey. And I you know, I I was a job coach for about two years and, and I've told our listeners about some of my experiences and I feel like it's so fulfilling for the for the kids and for the young adults that I was working with, as well as for me, um, but I, I think one question I have, and it's a question I get a lot, is my you know from parents who maybe say to me, my child does not have the best expressive language, um, or maybe my child um, I have a hard time communicating with them, and I'm struggling with finding out what that passion is. Uh, do you have advice for a parent out there who maybe? says, I don't know how to find my child's passion. Well, on the flip side, the parent who says, my child is too passionate about something, <laughs> and is that a bad thing, or, sh- or should I not go with that passion as a result of that? You know, a lot of kids on the spectrum can be a little overly passionate about yes. a specific subject.
2: A nice, a nice expression. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first thing I want to say is that no two kids are the same and regardless of the notion of disability or just mm-hmm. the way kids are wired um, that I don't think there's any, any one particular magic way I do want to say though I think that um, trying to help young children have as many experiences as they possibly can of all different kinds you know when they get to us whether it's through our structured programming or whether it's through our individual path planning, the the key phase of it is called discovery. And I think children from the time they're born are on a a path of discovery. And the more parents can um, uh, give them the widest possible universe of experiences, the more they're likely to find uh, those things that feel good and work good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and, I, and again, it's so easy for a professional to say: expose your kids to as many possible, uh, you know, youth activities as you can. Give them right. chores, inside, outside. Open the universe as wide as you can. It's easy for me to say that, knowing that um, young children um, with intellectual disabilities can uh, present real challenges, behavioral challenges, challenges in public settings, challenges in trying to be involved in um, youth activities. um, Just know that as much as you can broaden um, a young child's uh, experiences and then be observant as to which seem to work best, what environments do they find themselves more at peace, what environments do they not want to leave, what environments are they so anxious to leave that... They know that where they're going before they get there, and so you see the behavioral um, expressions before they even um, get dressed for a particular kind of event. And um, you, you don't have to be scientists, but you, to the extent that you are intentional about creating a lot of different types of opportunities, um, social, environmental, um, the better. And the more that they, your children get to in, be included in your activities. If as parents you um, belong to a, a church or synagogue or whatever your um, community services or your, your roles are, the more that they get to see how you engage and you involve, um, even if they don't have verbal language, they're certainly learning patterning. So, And I could go on and on, but I think the essence of it is um, help your child see the world in its broadest possible terms, experience it, and then help um, shape those experiences in a way that have as many of those positive um, attachments as you possibly can.
1: No, I, I, think, that's, I think that's great advice. And I, and I love that you threw in something um, in the beginning of that where you mentioned um, the path planning that you guys do because it's something we've talked a little bit about on the show um, and I know I've spoken about on some of my video blogs because it's something that I got exposed to a few years ago and really saw – it is a great tool to bring out some of these passions um, where you could say, what is my child really passionate about or interested in? And then building our transition plans around that. Right. Um, and that's, so that's, that's awesome just tips and advice for everyone out there. Because you're right, it's, it is sometimes easy for us to talk about as a professional, but I think it's also good to think about all the different possibilities. Because sometimes we, I think we are always set of, um, this is what I do, or this is what my child has shown interest in, and don't always think to go a little bit bigger or broader. Of let's try all these different things that maybe we, as a family, come into um, and engage interest from that.
2: Well, I also um, think that at the beginning, you know, when um, we were talking about um, parents, uh, parents exercising their rightful role uh, as principally responsible for raising their children, I think there's an opportunity in this to look at um, uh, their uh, behavioral support services or their OT or speech mm-hmm. therapist or whoever the constellation of professionals that are in that individual's and family's life, I think there's an opportunity for the family to say, here's how I want to raise my child. I want them to have the broadest breadth of experiences. Here's some things that, that we do as a family. I'd really yeah. like to ask my uh, behavioral support team to help my child succeed in this family activity or this valued activity that I want to support and, I, and are in consistent with my values. And let us, the professional community, work for them to be successful in a broad range of, of experiences and activities.
1: And, you know, that's exactly what this mom said to me. She, she said to us is, I'm, you know, you are the ABA expert and I'm the expert on my child and our family. Exactly. And I want to – and she said, I want to watch a movie with my child. That is my number one goal for my three-year-old. And that's what – and that ended up being the foundation of the program, joint attention and the social skills around watching a movie as a family. Um, I could go on and on, but I know I've got my engineer telling me we've got a break (laughs) and we're already a little late. So we're going to take another commercial break. And then I want to talk more about some of the awesome topics you brought up because – There's some some great things in in some of these answers that I want to dig deeper into. So we'll talk more with Steve when we get back from this break.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Listen to the women's side of the fitness industry on Fitness RX Radio. If you're looking to stay healthy and look great, or are getting ready to compete athletically, this is the show for you. We'll look at competitions from the inside out, bring you fitness tips, nutrition to keep you on top of your game, and so much more. We want to hear from you too, and we'll take your questions by phone or email. Tune in to Fitness RX Radio, airing every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Look and feel your best. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Hey, everybody, we're back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm joined by Steve Miller, and we've been talking about adult transition. Um, and before the break, Steve was talking a lot about passion. And I think that's a, a concept everyone out there is really. Uh, probably familiar with if you've been listening to the show for the last few months. Um, but I want to go to something you you said before, Steve, which is the beginning stages. And I think in earlier questions, we were talking a little bit about that, that almost like a bottleneck that's been forming. At least in, in what I see, it seems like I find more and more kids on the spectrum who maybe were diagnosed 10 years ago, 8 years ago who are now coming into this early adulthood, this, these teenage years. And I'm seeing, in my experience, the greatest demand for this, this conversation, um, looking for job readiness, looking for college readiness. Yes. And I, I have this interesting perception that I keep running into. And it's, again, it's parents who have, who have made me aware of this, the idea that everyone says transition starts at high school. That's when the school comes into play. And then the idea of is that the accurate age to start focusing in on this topic for your child versus what's the accurate age or for you as a parent to start thinking about what it is you want to work on with your child for transition. So I find myself in this interesting paradigm. And I, I was wondering if you could comment on high school starts at 15. Other parents say you should start transition working with your child on transition at like 12 or 13, but parents themselves maybe need to start getting mentally ready for it at 10. And is that something you're experiencing or seen as well and have any thoughts about?
2: I'd say uh, I have lots of thoughts about it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm smiling right now as the topic comes up um, because I'm thinking about my own children. And um, I honestly think that transition starts at birth. Um mm. If for all, for all, and maybe even before, because don't a lot of families go through Lamaze, um, which is essentially a way of getting ready for the transition to birth, and yeah. um, you know, every day that uh, a, a, a child is with you um, is a day that you have an opportunity to be to uh, demonstrate values demonstrate, uh, I'll call it a work ethic, but you're certainly not thinking of it as a work ethic when a kid is, you know, your child is two or three. But you're demonstrating um, your own values and your own, um, you know, kind of sense of moral, moral code and principles. Um, and to think that those, those uh, character attributes are not critically important to success in later life is... is uh, is well, wrong, and I could use stronger language. Um, because, you know, if you're going to grow up and have, uh, and have friendships, if you're going to grow up and be uh, a good uh, student in a class, a citizen of your, of your school, if you're going to um, go into the, uh, the world of work and be uh, a valued member of your work family, sure, there are certain technical skills or certain job skills that you can be taught and you need to, you need to master, but the character traits that will help you succeed um, in school and in adulthood are character traits that are formed um, the, moment that, uh, the moment that you're born, and they're formed um, by, the, by uh, how you're raised. And so the answer to that question about when you should start transition planning is um, the moment that you realize that your baby is watching you, you make eye contact. Now, when you have children with intellectual disabilities, except I'm going to say that's probably not even true, too, because I'm thinking of, again, um, my own children, Um, the the more intentional, let's put it that way, the more intentional we are in knowing that we're teaching and we're shaping, Mm -hmm. the better. And so if you have children that don't um, maybe maybe process um, language that well or or have uh, learning disabilities uh, and uh, a variety of, um, uh, special um, characteristics, we know often that we need to be more intentional. We need to break it up into smaller, smaller bits of learning, mm-hmm. and smaller bits of, of meaningful behavior. Um, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't think that our children are going to go through the same exact developmental stages of becoming um, a, a responsible adult. Mm-hmm. Chores, responsibilities around the home opportunities to engage with, with other people of similar ages where, um, you, where there are expectations that you have value to give to that group. Um, I honestly believe that the, that the more we realize that we're, just, we're trying to add more intentionality to the same way that we raise a child with a special need as we do to all of our children, the better off we'll be because we want our children with special needs to eventually succeed and thrive and be happy in our general community not a mm-hmm. special community uh, you know, i'm preaching again i apologize for that no
1: don't worry about it i you know there's something there's there's something you didn't say by like the word but i heard loud and clear through through what your answer was is and, and it's something i i think i preach a lot about too is the why it's you know when i think about transition planning, and I agree with you, especially working with kids with autism, any transition is a big deal. Transition is always something we're working on since it's something that so many kids on the spectrum struggle with, our transitions just from one activity to another, let alone, this is what my life is going to be. And I like what you were saying, which I think is true for anything we're doing with our kids. If I'm a parent out there, I need to understand the why. It's not just important to say we're working on chores, but why are chores so important for us? The it's the where are you going philosophy, I think. You know, I I was really lucky. I had um I don't know if you know Michelle Wallace out of Cal State, LA. Uh, she's she's an old friend. She was actually my my graduate advisor when I was working on my master's degree. And and she said something that I, I feel like I heard in your in your response, which is It doesn't matter the goal I'm working on today. I need to always know the goal we're going to be working on three steps from now. What's this goal going to turn into and what's that going to turn into? And it's not that I need to say I have to absolutely define what the final step is, but I need to have a roadmap, a sense of what is the outcome? I want to prepare this child for a job. Great. What are the steps that need to be there, chores to teach responsibility, not just the skills to get there, some of the concepts that got to get you there too. So That's I, right. I, I they're, really... life,
2: they're life lessons.
1: And, yeah. and again,
2: it goes back to uh, one of the things that I think finally the professional community has recognized is that um, we're, we may have some specific expertise um, developed through our own either academic research um, training. But parents raise children. Experts and professionals mm-hmm. don't raise children. So to the extent that we can get back and say, it, however you want your children to, to grow up, whether they have a disability or not, if, you want, if, you're, if your dream for your, all of your children is to be responsible, valued, contributing adults, then you're going to impose a certain um, moral, ethical, values um, uh, structure on that, the way you do for all of your kids. And uh, your child will will move as far along that continuum um, as as you're able um, to help them do. If you have a child with special needs, you're going to get certain kinds of professional support to help you. But... You are going to set the overall vision for your your children's life. And guess what? That's a roller coaster ride for all parents. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is. Right? The teenage years, forget that. (laughs) You know, whether there's um, something called a disability involved, we can't really live our kids' life, but we can certainly try to set down the the directions and, and, um, you know, the habits as best we can.
1: Well, you mentioned that, and, I, and I, it reminds me of this. I, I had this opportunity to work with just this amazing young man, and I met him at 13. And by 16, we started to see all these new behaviors, and this bomb was really concerned. Um, he had become really independent. School was going great. Uh, his sense of ownership and responsibility had really increased. All these great transition things and concepts you and I have been speaking about were there. For the 16-year-old, but we see these odd behaviors. And she came to me and said, what's going on? I don't understand why he's doing this. We need to design all these programs. And we, our conversation actually circled back to, what were you like at 16? Yep. And she said, oh, I was way worse than him. And that just brought this smile to her face of, Perfect. There's a
2: celebration. So, yeah, that, that, exactly. It's a rebellion. But w- that is exactly. a child forming their own
1: identity. And
2: you hear people talk about self direction. Yep. Um, you, can't be, you can't have self direction if there isn't a self. And right. so, the extent to which we help children discover who they are and what they love to do and what they hate to do, and mm-hmm. help them appropriately. Gain the, the voice, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, verbal or otherwise, to begin shaping their life, um, receive positive feedback in a natural way when they're on the right track, and receive the normal consequences when they're not. That's the extent to which they can go through that process of, of identity and development. Um, yeah. So, you know, I haven't, I, I always uh, wonder if when we talk in these general philosophical terms, if, if, if people think, that we think it's so easy that anybody um, listening could just simply turn on a light bulb and, you know, the, the challenges disappear. And that's, that's far from the case. And um, so, we, you know, we continuously look for the tools and the techniques that, that can help. And we've recently discovered the power of things like social stories and helping, you know, um, children on, and adults on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. Um, learn how to gain more control and self regulation and power and you mentioned path planning and that 's probably the the most important overriding um, uh, it 's more than a tool strategy paradigm um that that uh, that we found in the last um ten years and so I would really encourage um you know any, anyone listening um to know that the that there there are New tools and methods that are meeting um, young people, wherever they are, whatever age they are, and and helping them achieve things like transition. Um, The possibility of going to college should not be ruled out, um, should be ruled in until it's ruled out, because um, we know that that, uh, young people who go to college wind up earning more. They have a much lower uh, rate of unemployment Mm -hmm. and and a higher degree of, of life satisfaction. So we shouldn't you know, it, rule out the possibility of college and professional um, vocational training.
1: And it's really great that you mentioned that. You know, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing As I, I don't want anyone out there to think that we're saying this is easy. I think I, I, think the fact that you and I have been doing what we've been doing for so long actually says how hard it is. Because if it was so <laughs> easy, we wouldn't be needed. There wouldn't be the need, need for programs anymore. like us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm reminded of um, – you know, last week I shared with the audience uh, an experience I had where we, we have uh, some of our clients who are a little bit older, um, a little bit better uh, able to express uh, their goals and aspirations, as well as feedback about our services, come and talk to us. Um, so last week um, I shared with everyone about how one of our uh, young adults, uh, about 19 year old, came out and talked to us and, and gave us feedback about what he's going through with the transition plan. And I think you just, what you said is exactly what he said. I I had this goal. We, we moved, you know, college was a, a goal that his parents as well as he had. Uh, but right now that's not the goal he's living. He's not currently going to college. It's something he may do some classes later. Um, but they're working on, they're working towards that as a, maybe an extension goal down the road with other targets in mind. And he shared with us, this is what I want to do for a living. And you can kind of hear, yeah. it, 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 he was very clear, which was really cool, of this is what I want. And mom and dad had their own senses of what they wanted. But it was really uh, both his mom and him said, but we all work on this together. You know, it's, it's a team. It's, it's not me telling them what to do. It's not them telling us what to do. It's no one saying how easy this is. This is like monthly meetings, regular dialogue. Where are we going? What should be happening? And how do we do this as a group? So it was, I I think a good reminder of people living exactly what you just said of, you know, let's set high goals, but we could weave in and out, you know, Hey, this was college, but it's okay. We're going to move over here because this is better for us right now. Um, with maybe it, keeping it in the back of our mind as a future goal?
2: Well, I do think uh, it's important to know that um, college is the right direction for some people, but not, for, not necessarily for everyone. The, the, the goal, the overriding goal, is for each individual to have some sense of what would fulfill them and um, in, in their life, and their life journey. We have some general guidelines, general things we believe in, and that is that, that we believe that every human being um, has the potential uh, to contribute to the life of their family and their community. They have, everybody has gifts and assets to contribute. And that we believe that each and every human being has a desire and, a, and a, uh, almost a, an innate yearning um, to give and to be in, included and to be valued. We're social beings. We're not isolated beings. And so to the extent that we can, wherever you are in terms of your, um, your challenges, there is a way to help you learn who you are, learn what your gifts and your, your assets are, um, and to find that place in your family and in your larger community where your gifts and your assets are, are, are valued and treasured and accepted. Uh, whether it's volunteerism, whether it's art, whether it's employment, um, we don't know where, where, where those will be found. But we do believe that every human being has the potential to live a fulfilling and self-actualized life. And that's our job, your job and my job, to help individuals find their, their spot on this earth.
1: I think that's a perfect point for us to, to end on this segment. Uh, We've got to take a couple, another commercial break and we're going to come back with some final thoughts with Steve. We'll be right back.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Hey, everybody. We're back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm sure uh, if you're listening, uh, you've been listening like me, uh, really just so into what Steve has been talking about um, in terms of planning for the future and the the type of ideas and philosophies that make for the best transition. Um, I actually, Steve, want to go back to something that you said probably at the beginning of the show. And you touched on something, and it's taken me all my willpower not to jump into it right away. But I have this odd perception, and you actually, I think, said something con- that contradicts this perception, which I'm excited about. And I, I think about um, – I know I'm going to date myself for some people out there, but When I was younger, I remember that show, um, L.A. Law, and one of the characters um, had an intellectual disability, and he worked in the law firm. And I remember as I got older, as I continued in this field, as I've gone to conferences, and we talk about some of these topics of transition, I feel like I see a lot of people um, represented, a lot of different communities represented um, on the developmental disability spectrum, whether it be individuals with Down syndrome, individuals with cerebral palsy, individuals um, with MR. And I don't always see, from the employment side, the individual with autism represented. And I was wondering if um, you had seen an increase, a change in this type of um, breakdown, or if, if in fact it's a perception that I hold that maybe isn't accurate. And it sounded like from at the beginning of the show that, if anything, you're seeing an increase in individuals on the autism spectrum really coming forward and really wanting to get involved in employment, not just families wanting it, but the individuals themselves as well.
2: I think that's, that's definitely true. But, you know, now, thank you for uh, setting, setting it up that way, because I do remember that show. Yeah. Um, and so you gave me a chance to think about this a little bit. Okay. I really think that, um, again, those families that pushed so hard for the desegregation of, of public education in the early mm-hmm. 90s, Chandra Smith in L.A., and I think the same movement everywhere, um, they, they, that caused a change in the way um, children with special needs um, experienced um, their public education. And, and I think that um, over the last... Um, 15 years or so, the notion that jobs are a possibility, that employment and some form of of greater community uh, life, um, I think that that's a uh, much more broadly accepted um, expectation and possibility than it was um, 20 years ago. Uh, I think that we see many more people coming to us expecting now that their life is going to um, continue to move forward into employment. Um, expecting that college is is a possibility. And I would say 10 years ago, um, very few people came to us and said, I want to go to college. Nobody did, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, you know, the fact that, that some did, and um, I won't say we're the only one, but Tierra definitely um, took a risk, stuck its neck out, and... Um, and created a uh, nexus program that supports people to attend community colleges. I think that helped because we've seen enrollment grow from 6 uh, to 12 to 24. Um, people in different geographic areas saying, well, if they can go to college in the West San Fernando Valley, uh, why can't we go to college here in Granada Hills or, um, you know, some other uh, area? So I, I, I think there is. And thank goodness there is a growing expectation that life can include employment and career development. Um, yeah, I think that there, is, there has been a change.
1: That's, I mean, that's great, because I feel like there's times... I, I, I primarily work with individuals on the spectrum, and I, I sometimes feel like, well, I'm in it. I know I'm having these dialogues and these conversations. And I, I often wonder is the rest of the community, the, the greater Los Angeles community or the greater Southern California community involved in some of these same conversations. And I know, obviously, there's great groups. Um, I know your involvement with the Jewish Federation and and that amazing trip you guys took to Israel, which we've actually talked a lot about on the show, um, and bringing those concepts in and growing the community. Um, and it, it's always interesting to get someone else's perspective because I know you, you work with a, a larger population. Um, you, I think you said um, that individuals with autism is just a percentage of the different individuals that you yeah. guys work with and, and support. Yeah. So it's nice to get that other perspective, um, to say that I am wrong, that, that the, the families, the children, that they're starting to say, hey, we, we do want to be represented. Um, and they're getting the same support that um, everyone else is, too, or should be, I should say.
2: There's, we're never going to be perfect. Um, I wish we had um, more resources for more job development and more um, community development um, because more people would be employed if, they, if more people had the supports they need. Um, we know that there is a right job for everybody. Sometimes that job needs to be creatively engineered with a willing employer, um, but we know there are willing employers out there. Um, we just need... Uh, we need... Actually, we need everyone listening to this show um, to believe that there is a valued role for every individual in our community. And be on the lookout for them. I would love to get calls, as I'm sure you would, or emails or whatever saying, I think I, I know an employer that would, that would love to hire somebody um, you know, maybe with, uh, with autism as long as they have certain skills that I need for my job or would be open to this. We, that, that's how we'll get there, is when we have an entire community that is welcoming and uh, encouraging um, people with autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy. Uh, you know what? The notion of disability is probably irrelevant when yeah. everybody believes that, that all of us can make contributions, and we encourage it.
1: I think that's a, a perfect point to, uh, to end our conversation. Uh, the time just flies by like it does every week. Um, and you know, clearly Steve, you talk about people finding their passion and y- you found yours cause you, you were definitely one of the most passionate guests I've had on the show, uh, in this dialogue because you could tell it's your calling and, it, and it's what, uh, you were passionate about and are passionate about still now. So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, if there's anyone out there who wants to find out more about Tierra del Sol or to contact you, what's the best way for them uh, to do that?
2: Well, I would say our website is a good way to learn more about us, um, and that's uh, www.tierradelsolaltogether.org. Um, and uh, I I always love to talk to people, so um, you want? Shall I give a phone number, or is
1: that whatever's best for you?
2: Okay, eight one eight three five two. One four one nine, and I uh, look forward to talking to you,
1: Steve. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank um, you for the
2: invitation. Uh,
1: you know, I just want to close up with with my final thoughts of the day. Um, I, I really think Steve said it the best. The idea that the idea of willing employers and uh, all of us being able to contribute in this, um, because we don't necessarily need to have a, a child. With a developmental disability, to be able to employ someone with a developmental disability, or to look for that job opening and pass it along to a group, because um, that's that's what this show has been about. That's what that concept about it. It's about community, and I, I know Steve is really dedicated to that idea of building a community, uh, building a greater community beyond just this is the um, as as actually the mom said to me uh, earlier this week. Not just Planet Autism but really kind of merging planet Earth and planet autism together. So we're all just one big aware and conscientious community. Um, So if you do have information, um, if you do have a a job that's open or are interested in employing or uh, just find something, uh, please feel free to reach out to us at 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 moreinfo.autismtherapies.com. I know I'm trying to find good jobs out there for a lot of the consumers we work with. I'm sure Steve would be interested as well, or any of uh, the different agencies. Maybe we're not in your area or Steve's not in your area, but I know a lot of other ABA providers as well as autism support groups are always looking for this information so they can support one another. So please uh, reach out to them as well. Um, I'd want to thank everyone. I I got an amazing response to my video blog last week, Uh, a lot of you, actually a record number of you. went to our Facebook page, saw it, commented, reposted it. Uh, so thank you so much. I just really appreciate knowing that you guys are out there are watching it and that it's, uh, either inspiring or helping or, or just something to, uh, to help move things along for you or your child, or even if uh, you're a professional out there, you as well. Uh, so thank you for that amazing response. It is much, much appreciated. Um, I think we had an amazing show. It's not exactly the direction I thought we would start off in, but that's what I love about this show is it's a conversation. That's a dialogue and it really gets to the core of a lot of issues, even if we didn't expect them. So thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week um, with another guest before the holidays. Once all the craziness gets started for all of us. So tune in next week. We'll talk a little bit more on another great topic. Hope you have a fabulous week. Take care.
0: We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week.